Genre. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, part three, one sunset riding minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And joining us again today is Sarah Trost. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm Sarah Trost. Here I am. <laughs> and uh, today we are going back to minute 102, which starts with... Uh, Marty celebrating that he successfully <laughs> delivered the hoverboard to Doc and and seconds before the coolest train crash of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love I love that celebration because it's like he, he got a strike. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah, I talk about threading the needle, guys. That's <laughs> uh, my God. Um, Yippee. You got you got to give him like one ridiculous um, accomplishment uh, because of like how how harrowing this whole sequence has been for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's absurd that that thing landed right on his foot. No, I mean the way that he worked it out. I mean it's going you know eighty miles per hour on a track with a locomotive which is meant to only go like fifty five miles an hour max. I mean it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you no, know, hashtag science, guys. We did it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they are very quickly approaching the end of the track as uh, as Doc lets go of the train and, and just goes after Clara. And I love this bit because it's it's just the most back to the future thing ever, isn't it? Like he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he catches her on the, on the hoverboard yes. and he, they just glide. Yeah, and they just into the up, like a couple of little ghosts, like on their little blue screen keyed out number. And it's terrific. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so great. It's, I love it. It's just so goofy, but like yeah. weirdly graceful yeah. and it is lovely. It is so good. And they are so in love with each other and they love science mm. and it's the best. They're so in love with each other. Doc isn't bother yeah. even bothering to check if Marty's okay. Listen, listen. No, Marty's gonna be fine. Marty's like a child that he tried to impart with some knowledge. It's fine. But like Doc is now in love for the first time in his life. Let's let him have that and float off into the distance. <laughs> what if that was the last time you ever saw him? Um, but it's not going to be because you can't keep a good scientist down. Yeah. It's true. I, I do that. love that. I do love that little. Uh, I do love that little smile Marty gives watching his bro glide away. Yeah, he yeah. it's going to be fine, and they come back to the train track, and we know it's going to be fine. You know, what about the future? I've already been there. It runs on steam. It's fine. It's it's going to be yeah. great. It, he he he. Uh, you know, it, it's he had to let go of his friend very quickly. I mean, this whole thing was him coming back to save his friend. Yeah. And he doesn't take his friend back with him to 1985. And that happens so quickly, like over the course of literally like a minute and a half. Well, what are you going to, but, but seriously, what are you going to do? He's in the car. There are no brakes. You're on a railroad track on a car. You have to stay in it. Yeah. Where are you going to go? He just doesn't have What are you going to do? You're going to roll out of the car? You don't even have a hybrid anymore. You've just had to stay and go over the ravine yeah. and hope for the best. He has, no, he has no choice. Yeah. 
No, he definitely doesn't. But just coming to that acceptance like so quickly. Yeah, um, yeah but it's, it's, it's unfair. But it's because yeah. within 30 seconds, he has no choice. He's like within right. three miles of like going over the ravine. So like, he, what do you do? Right, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. You just, you just see this like Some... cute floating couple in your rear view mirror and hope for the best. Right, you're just like, well, <laughs> bye guys. He's just trying to live at that point. <clears throat> right. Sometimes um, you don't have the luxury of saying goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I love the detail of after Marty closes the, the door, he has to put his hat on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, look, you know, I'm I'm coming back from the Old West. People are going to expect me to look a certain way. It's like coming back from Hawaii without a, la- yeah, a low listen, on. Like, listen, listen, Clint, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You wore that to the lake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Oh man, it was a cosplay leak or lake. It's fine, cosplay lake. The Western role playing. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, he went to Westworld, not the lake. No. Uh, so why is the um, why are the uh, the 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 time circuits or whatever around the car? Why is that all going off at eighty four miles an hour? Because it's getting heated up. It's getting heated up to perform its max capacity at eighty eight. Is that what it is? Okay. All right. I don't I'll know that. that. I, ju- I don't know that I just said that right now because it makes sense to me, but it could be wrong, but that's what <laughs> okay. it seems like. No, I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I you got to heat up to get to. Right. I guess part of it too is it's a little, cause it's not like that in the other movies, but it's, it's, it's more sloppily put together because it's, you know, put together with like 1950s technology. Well, yeah, and now um, they've got, and now they've got some sort of like kinetic energy coming from like the wheel wells of being on like the iron rails. So perhaps it uh, it sparks some sort of innovation. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Of course, it makes sense. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and of course. Uh, leave it to a Back to the Future movie to get everything right at the last possible second. Yes, um, I love that he hits eighty eight. I mean, we're talking inches away. Oh, absolutely. From, yeah. From that board. Well, oh, it's perfect. Doc's a scientist. He lined the whole thing up. He had an entire di- like diagram, the, like the, all of it. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. 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 It was good. And and also, um, I think I brought this <laughs> up uh, off mic um, last week, but uh, I just I love that this movie is the mirror image of the first movie in every way, because we've talked a lot about how doc and Marty have, have sort of switched places, switched yes. roles yes, in this movie absolutely. and, and the way that, um, you know, it's, it's sort of it, like, everything is sort of a mirror. There's like tons of, of, uh, of scenes that are sort of recreations of scenes from the first movie. Um, but what I love about this last sequence is that, in the first film, the thing that they were trying to solve was the fact that they needed 1.21 gigawatts of power. What is that? This, I don't know what that rolled, is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in this one, uh, in this one, they're trying to solve the 88 miles per hour part of the problem. It's a conundrum, yes. Yeah. So I, I just, I love that it's the same kind of situation where they can't, hit one of the two things that we know that you need for time travel. It 
really is. And it's so funny how many people just really discredit this film, but this film is so wonderful. Like this film, mm-hmm. this film, like as far as like the pacing and the plot points and everything that it hits are so just on point and so funny. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I love it. I have a, I have a feeling that this was the script while he goes uncredited. I have a feeling that this is the script that Zemeckis helped Gale with more than the second one. I mean, I would believe you there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it just feels tighter in a way that the first film does, which Zemeckis does yeah. share credit on. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, it, but it's, it's a great script. I mean, it's, it's just so tight. It's as tight as the first one. I think I just, I uh, really, for me, it's, it is really just the pacing. It is like those, those pacing and those points where they, they sort of hit all of these like ridiculous points. And I, I love it. I just love it so much. Um, so in a movie full of, um, I mean, I guess, you know, back to the future, just, just, in general, uh, I guess specifically the first one though, um, it's, it's interesting cause you don't get, when you think of iconic costumes, you don't typically think of like street clothes. Like usually when I think of iconic costumes, like my first, you know, mind would go to like, I don't know, Superman or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Or, or like, or like Starfleet costumes or things like that. But what I, I feel like Back to the Future is exactly the kind of like like crack that like a costume designer wants because they basically made that initial like Marty costume which is just 1980 street clothes yeah. and they turned it into like a superhero yes. uniform you know well, you don't, um um continue and then I will say well, no, no. I mean, that's what I was going to see. So I just wanted to hear your sort of general thoughts on like the idea of of turning what is essentially like store-bought clothes and turning them into one of the most iconic cinematic outfits of all time. Well, but you, that's the thing is like you never know. Like as a costume mm-hmm. designer, you never know what becomes iconic until it's like maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years later. You don't, you don't know right. as far as contemporary clothing is concerned. Um, and it's very funny, like this era and then also like one of my other favorites which is terminator 2 um mm-hmm. but it's all sort of very contemporary clothing even though it's sort of like an action film or even like with back to the future it's sort of like action fantasy whatever you want to call it but like yeah yeah the thing is you you don't know how it will be received until like a decade later which is bizarre you right. know so so you put in the time at the time and then it gets it gets perceived differently after the generation changes. And it's mm-hmm. it's really, really interesting because you'll see like like Marty's T-shirt, like that sort of like brick red T-shirt is the same one from Terminator 2, which Arnold is wearing underneath when he changes and he goes into like his like Arnold's iconic outfit from T2 has basically mm. the same T-shirt undershirt that Marty has in back to the future. Oh yeah. So it's, so it's really interesting to see those sort of things. And it's like, that's kind of like the zeitgeist of the times. So you see those things at the time and you do what you can at the time. And then like, you don't really know that it's meant to be an iconic piece until it's, it's years and years and years later. So you, you do what you can at the moment. Um, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I always hear uh from, you know, you know, documentaries on on uh 
on Blu-rays and stuff uh, from costume designers is they talk about um, the silhouette. Yes. And, and, and the goal is like to make a silhouette that when you see the silhouette, you know what character you're looking Absolutely. at. Yes. Yeah. Is that, is that something that goes into the work that you do? Oh, do you yeah. think about stuff like that? Oh, yeah, ultimately. I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing here right now in Albuquerque. And I just, um, I just presented the director with maybe 15 costume sketches. And I'm like, here are the, you know, here are the main characters. And it's, and it's this sort of silhouette, this sort of silhouette, this sort of silhouette. And it's like, you know, your colors and things will change. But it, it really is a silhouette that as an audience member, you see something and you, without... You, the thing is, you don't want to be abrasive, and you you want it to be kind of subliminal. So you want your audience member to realize, like, this is a person that is this kind of silhouette. Without, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, without it being overt, like without it taking you out of the sure, show. like too 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 effort, yes. too much effort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So you want something to be subtle and something to be interesting, but without taking them out of the film or without like. You, it can't be a caricature and it can't be a joke, but it, but the thing is that is what is the hardest part of the job is to make something that is sort of interesting um, without being a joke. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I, and I imagine, you know, part of that silhouette rule is, is about making sure that everyone has a completely different silhouette and, and, you know, Basically, you know, I, I, I'm just curious about all of that, like, because one of the things that we talk about a lot on this is about all of the storytelling, you know, the, the people on set who are storytellers, but aren't really given credit as storytellers, oh, but, but the people that like, you know, props people and costume people no, and set absolutely, designers. Absolutely. It is, yeah. it is, it's the entire, it's basically like the ghost crew. Where it's like mm -hmm. my job, the production designer, the props, every everyone, everyone in, in everyone in all of our departments, who our job is is to basically be invisible, and mm -hmm. so and so to do that, like the amount of work that it takes to be invisible is unbelievable. So mm -hmm. we all do that together, and there are so many choices and so many meetings and so many conversations about all of these things. Um, but you were you were essentially meant to be recessive, and mm -hmm. it is. It is, I love it and it's terrific, um, but people don't necessarily understand how much work goes into making something that is not, not noticeable. Um, yeah. 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 No, I, I, part uh, of the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I'm curious about what goes into your decisions about characters and things like that. Um, it really depends. It depends on the project and it depends on, um, it really depends on like the powers that be of the project mm -hmm. too. Um, but the majority of the time I will make, um, I will make research boards. I'll make research boards and I'll make several sketches per character. And then I will uh, talk to directors or producers or writers or people that need to see them. And then we will go from there um, mm -hmm. and put the whole world together and then see what we can find. But yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting and it's definitely different um, depending on the project and depending on the people who are involved in the project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. What What do you think? What What? Uh, so, if you're if you're looking at these trilogy of films, um, as we are, um, <laughs> as we yeah, have been, we're literally doing that right now. Um, Let's uh, just I, say you wanted to really super get hardcore into these. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm curious if you have a favorite costume in this trilogy. Like, is there <gasps> one? Yeah. Is there one that you're just like, this is like the best, okay. or maybe one, maybe one costume from each character or something like that. But yeah. Okay. But I will pick but, out. Okay. I'm gonna pick out ones that I have from the entire trilogy. I'll pick out ones that are my favorites. Is that okay? Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, so Lorraine Baines, when she goes to the enchantment under the sea dance, her dress is one of my, it's like one of the most beautiful dresses in the world. Like, I love it so much. Oh yeah. It's a phenomenal dress. Her like strapless, like peach dress with the little, like, oh, it's so beautiful. Like that. I love. And it's shot so lovingly in the, in the film. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. so cute. Um, and then for the sequel, like also Lorraine Baines, but, um, I do love, for whatever reason, that sort of like weird iridescent hat that like Marty in the future has yeah. is one of my favorites. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love it. Um, they also make it. If you go to Universal Studios, you can actually buy that. Hat, I've seen it. Really I've fun. seen it around town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, I love, I do love me some Buford Mad Doc Tan, and I love his whole shit. It's so good. Um, mm-hmm. I love Marty's outfit that Doc in 1955 puts him into. Oh, yeah, the clothes oh, that he yeah, buys that. Where, where, that, that sort, <sighs> that sort of like atomic outfit that makes no sense, which is like a 50 version <laughs> of the Wild West, where he's like, I'm gonna yeah. run, and he's like, I'm gonna run into this Indians, and he's like, those Indians are not even gonna be there, but they are. Um, you know, <laughs> wear your boots, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay, what sort of engine talk is that? Um, yeah. So the atomic cowboy love. is is, is oh, that's that, amazing. That's, that is one of my favorites. Um, but I do I do love Clara's outfits. I do love Doc Brown's outfits. Um, again, back to ZZ Top. I do love all the ZZ Top everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love back to Back to the Future too. I do love Elijah Wood as a child being like, you know, you have to use your hands. That's a baby's toy, right? Yeah, like what is that visor? It's great. Um, no, I just did, um, I recently just finished a pilot where I was working on the universal lot. And so I would walk over to the back to the future set and I just lost my oh, mind. Of course. Like, yeah. Last month. It was oh so yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I, oh, it's that's, so that's our Mecca. I mean, one day. <laughs> yeah. So I was there, I was there designing a show and I would like in the middle of the day, be like, mm, I'm going to walk to the clock tower. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. It was so good. Um, yeah, but there's, there, there are so many different pieces. And also I love, um, like principal Strickland, like Strickland in back to the future three, when he's got hair with his son, you know, mm-hmm. discipline at all times. Like I love all of I'm a, like all the wild west. I'm movies. a big fan of, uh, of, uh, who, the character we like to call uh, Strickland warrior of the wastelands costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is that? It's the, the alternate 1985 Strickland. Oh yes, yeah. When he's got when, yeah, when he's got like the bandolier and yeah. he's like you know Flockers! in his jammies. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean De- Deborah Lynn Scott was the costume designer um, on these, uh, and uh, and I guess Joanna Johnston also worked on it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's uh, they they both did great work. No, it's, um, it's and, everything is great. Yeah, it's the costumes are, I mean, like you said, you know, they're supposed to be forgotten. Like one of my one of my favorite costumes is uh, 1950s uh, Doc's Doc, like in his robe and everything like that. Mm -hmm. 
That yes. outfit is oh, it's yes. so good. Um, um, I recently went to go visit Doc Brown's house, which is the Gamble's house, the Gamble House in Pasadena, right. which is one of the right. best. It's oh, it's beautiful. Um, so I went and took like a major tour of that house, and it is so <laughs> impressive. And I was just like freaking out the entire time. It's just like me and a bunch of old people, and I was like losing my mind. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, well, uh, do you have any any closing thoughts on uh, on Back to the Future in general before we let you go? Um, just the fact that it's the best thing ever. Very okay. good. Okay. I, th- I don't think you're going to find anyone around here who's going to fight you on that. Yeah, good. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining Seriously, us. Seriously, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me. This is great. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, I don't know. I, uh, uh, vice principal season two is happening. Um, yeah. that comes out, I think late July or nice. August. Um, I have a film called the FP, which my brothers and I made, which we made a sequel to. Whoa. Which, um, I love the FP. Were you serious? Yeah. I saw it in Austin. You don't know the FP. Who are you? Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the FP. I, I love the FP. I want to, um, my friend. Yeah, I think my friend no. Johnny, who also lives in Austin, recommended that one to me, like, like back when it came out. Yeah. No. Okay. Yes. So, um, so Jason and I, my brother and I, made the sequel to the FP. So we made a sequel, which is like amazing. Yeah. A, I, haven't, I haven't seen that yet. W- no, no one has because. Okay. It's, um, so Jason essentially made the script for the FP two, cut it into into episodes, and so it's a pilot. So we made a pilot for the FP two, which is now just finished. So, mm. um, it is so exciting. It's basically like a weird live action trash Miyazaki film, and it's fantastic. Okay. Very <laughs> wow. So, yeah, because we go outside of the FP and we go to the waste and we go shit gets real. Oh. It's like it's like weird like FP Lord of the Rings like shit shit gets nuts. Oh. That sounds amazing. I can't wait. Um, I cannot believe that you have seen that. That is nobody's seen that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy small world. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah. So you know, FP two, which is Beats of Rage, is coming very soon, and amazing. That's what I got. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for being on, and uh, right. we'll talk to the rest of you uh, tomorrow <laughs> with minute uh, one hundred and three. Terrific. Bye. Bye, guys. All right. Good night.